You are now listening to the Hot Take Hot Box. You are now listening to the Hot Take Hot Box. You are now listening to the Hot Take Hot Box. You are now listening to the Hot Take Hot Box. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the Hot Take Hot Box. My name is Matt McSweeney. Joining you on this glorious Monday afternoon after an incredible weekend of divisional round football. We got the Sixers. Uh, we were off last week. Uh, I addressed that a little bit on uh, Twitter. Had a, you know, a little bit of, uh, you know, some mental health stuff going on and just, uh, you know, really wasn't up for it, guys. I, I can't I can't lie to you when, uh, you know, when things aren't really, uh, I guess, going my way or I just can't get out of my own head. Uh, you know, I don't want to come on here and project that onto this, uh, onto the audience and just you know, make you feel what I'm feeling because it's not, uh, you know, it's not right. I, I tried to talk a couple things out and, you know, deal deal with what I was dealing with. And, um, you know, I appreciate everyone for reaching out to me. And uh, I, had, I had a ton of people. I got friends, family, uh, you know, maybe people who are my friends who I don't talk to that often reaching out to me and letting me know they love me and care about me. And uh, I just want you all to know how much that means to me. It mean it, you know. I don't want to cry to start this thing, but I just want to say that, that I, I I feel more love th- this past week than I ever have in my entire life, and uh, it, it means the world. It truly does, but we're not here to talk about that. We're here to talk about the Philly sports. We're here to talk about the NFL. We're here to talk about the Sixers and the, and the Simmons saga that seems like it's never going to end. Uh, our Flyers stink, and uh, the Phillies are still nowhere to be found, and the MLB is still in the trash can. So let's uh, let, let's let's quickly go back. Let's go back a week. Before I do that, I did want to touch on the UFC this past weekend, which was, uh, it, you know, it was a it was a good night for the heavyweights, and uh, you know, the title changed hands in the flyweight division. But uh, you know, overall, not a exactly. Um, barn burner sort of uh you know where it's going to rank in the uh, all-time list of cards it was relatively boring tame didn't have much uh you know star power other than the top you know the the main event and whatnot but we will talk about that the shoulder strikes mma podcast will return this week uh me and ty capone will be getting it uh we'll be, we'll be getting it done and talking about it this week so i did want to touch on that but our eagles uh came up short big time short uh, against the Buccaneers last week, and I on here on this podcast told you guys that I thought that it would cover. I thought that it would be a uh, close game, and well, not a close game. I said it would look closer than the uh, than it actually was. The score would show something that wasn't true, which uh, kind of wound up happening. But I thought we would uh, score that last touchdown and bring it within that eight points and just make it look like it was. I thought we'd be in the game at least for a little bit, but we were not. We we were down thirty one nothing at a certain point. We couldn't score. We couldn't move the ball at all. Uh, our defense just got uh, dink and dunked throughout the entire game and up and down the field. We couldn't stop anyone. We couldn't. We couldn't. Uh, you know, we just couldn't move the. We couldn't do anything right. It was a uh, a, a collapse of all three phases of the game pretty much and uh, you know the special teams not as much they didn't really have much to do i mean even the no i mean yeah even the punter the punter was horrible uh wait what am i talking about jalen rager dropping punts uh, and letting letting balls hit the ground that shouldn't be hitting the ground and you know why why are we shocked that that guy's doing that and and it's it's the, absolutely the least shocking thing that could happen 
That guy has been nothing but a disappointment since the day he stepped here in Philadelphia and, you know, it's only gotten worse. And it just seems like a situation where you're going to have to, I, I don't know if he's ever going to be, He's. I don't know if he has that Aguilar season in him where he turns it around and he figures out a way to become productive, uh, you know, NFL wide receiver. I just don't, I don't know where, where that comes from. Where do you see that? You know, like he, he, we were absolutely hoodwinked, bamboozled and led astray by that one handed catch in the training camp uh, video that they released. And it's been downhill ever since. I mean, it's truly, truly has been remarkable to watch this guy just look like he's not even engaged in any of the game or it doesn't matter to him. That, that drop in the punt was, uh, absolutely backbreaking because it's not necessarily that they were still in the game, but they had just made a stop. Uh, if I can remember correctly, it was like a 17 point game. I think I I'm just having a little trouble remembering it now. It's not as fresh because honestly, it doesn't really matter, but he's uh, apparently I had a couple people who were at the game telling me that he wasn't even like paying attention when the, uh, the ball was being kicked. Like he was looking at the sideline. He was like dancing and shit and, and just doing dumb stuff. And, you know, that just, it, it seems pretty par for the course. That guy just seems like a guy who doesn't understand the gravity of any situation that he's in. And, and he just continues to, um, I would say, uh, blow opportunity after opportunity to turn this around and make himself look like he can be an NFL wide receiver. The Eagles and Howie Roseman and Nick Sirianni gave him Chance after chance after chance after chance all season long. Put him in there in, you know, he played outside, he played in, he played everywhere, you know, like they moved him all around the field. He was playing a, a ridiculous amount of snaps for a guy who wasn't producing at all. He had the game against the Giants where he is, uh, you know, if not single-handedly, a big reason why we lost that game. And the other reason would be our quarterback who, you know, in this game was another big reason why we lost, um, not, not to say if he had played better, we, maybe we, you know, we, not to say that he, we would have won, but we would have at least comported ourselves with a little bit more dignity and a little bit more uh, class and respect, you know, for for our for the logo and for the city. But instead, we just looked like uh, that seventh wild card team who got in, who had no business being in the playoffs. And you, it, that's what it seems like on on both conferences. I mean, the Steelers at least uh, held their own, for, you know. For a couple quarters, it was you know fourteen seven. They were, they had the uh, the Chiefs like backed up. It was like a third and twenty, and then they scored a touchdown to Kelsey, and the game's kind of over. You know, we didn't even have that sort of situation. It was kind of over from the very beginning. We weren't picking up first. We couldn't. We would get ourselves in in second and four, you know, third and two, and we can't pick it up, and we're punting the ball, and they're driving you know right down the field, doing whatever they want to us, hitting you know. Tyler Johnson or, you know, Gronk uh, across the middle and, and Mike Evans was just, you know, doing his thing and Steven Nelson was getting cooked. It, it, it's just all around, all around just dis disappointment. And where do you go from here? You know, like where, where, what, what is the ultimate, uh, like thought process or how we feel about the season? You know, where do you rate all that, all that, you know, happy stuff that the radio host and podcast guys and all the opinion dudes like me like to, like to talk about? Where do you rate the season? Where do you rate the quarterback? Now, I told you guys all season long that this, uh, the quarterback, I wanted to see the whole thing. I wanted, you know, there's ups and downs throughout a season. And 
uh, you know, I want to see what he looks like throughout the season. Did he grow? How much, you know, how much better has he gotten and all that? I, I'm, I'm not, I'm not happy with it. I'm not, if I had an opportunity to get to upgrade or get a better quarterback, I absolutely would. And I think the Eagles are going to think the same way. You can't go through seasons and you can't build your team around a quarterback who's going to ultimately hamstring you or handicap you from running uh, different offenses or being able to throw the ball, which is what his job is. Throw the ball, read the defense, throw the ball, find the open guy. He, re- he, he struggles to do that. And that's one of the clear requirements or qualifications for the job. If he was in there for a job interview and he saw, you know, they, they were looking at his resume and, oh, wow, uh, they saw that doesn't really, you know, it looks like you're, how you have trouble. You don't have much experience reading defenses. You have people in the, you know, the NFL Films releases a video. You have people on the Buccaneer sideline saying he can't read. He can't read. Saying he can't read a defense. That's, that's awful. That's, that's absolutely awful. We can't have that happen. Tom Brady's talking about how he knows where the ball's going as before the ball's even snapped. Before the ball touches his hands, when the play is called, he knows exactly where the ball is supposed to be. Do you think Jalen Hurts feels the same way, or do you think Jalen Hurts does the same thing? Doesn't look like it. And it seems like it's, you know, he misses a lot of uh, opportunities to stretch the ball down the field. He kind of is a one one side of the field, one look and go, or one look and panic, and, you know, he, he leaves empty pockets and all that. Maybe he can be a great player, and I, I see a lot of people... You know, give him a chance, give him another year to grow. Maybe you can draft a quarterback next year, and that is uh, very, very um, a hopeful, hopeful thinking in my mind. I, I just think two years now, uh, you, you know, all those years in college, you've seen who Jalen Hurts is. This is who he is. He is a great athlete. He can run the ball. He's a strong runner. He's a great leader. Incredible leader of men kind of guy that you want in your foxhole but I just don't know if that's the guy I want as my quarterback it not not unless I absolutely have to you know I, I just I, I feel like we can do better and, and when you watch games like yesterday you know when you watch the quarterback play of of the teams out in the AFC you got guys like uh like Joe Burrow you got guys like Josh Allen you have I mean superstars like Pat Mahomes you, you, you can't look at in our situation and think that we're going to be able to build a team around this. You know, are, are we, it's not going to be like we're going to be able to throw the ball next year. Like we're going to, he's going to learn how to just dissect teams up and down the field. I, that, that, you know, like I'm saying, this is who he is. Our offense will have to be running the ball. We will have to run it down teams' throats. We will have to uh, impose our will on all of these teams. And I just don't know if that's the recipe for a Super Bowl because eventually they stop the run and eventually it's going to be time to throw the ball. And it seems like every time that it's it, that it's uh, time for Jalen Hurts to throw the ball, it, it's not, it doesn't go well. It doesn't work. Can't be the quarterback and have that. We can't, we can't do this to ourselves. That's my personal opinion. I think we can do better. I think we need a guy who can... It doesn't have to be a absolute superstar. Now, I see people... This is just an example, okay? Derek Carr. All right? Derek Carr is not a uh, great, uh, you know, top-tier NFL quarterback. But he's better than Jalen Hurts. And if you could get that guy for maybe a, a one, you know, a one in something else... Or, you know, some, you know what I'm saying? Like, not the three first round, because that's all I hear. Like, we're trading all three of our first round picks this year to get 
Aaron Rodgers or, or, or Russell Wilson, which, uh, you know, Russell Wilson is the one everyone wants to bring up because that's the one you don't want. And I, I'm kind of in agreement with you. I don't want to trade three first-round picks for Russell Wilson. Would I trade a one this year and a one that Like, there's different deals I might make for Russell Wilson, but I, I just – it it, it uh, it befuddles me. There's there's a word. It, it makes me question a lot of things when I see people saying, "No, we don't need a quarterback. We have our quarterback. Jalen Hurts deserves 2022. He deserves like uh, no, no, he doesn't. Because he was given the opportunity to run away with the job this year, and you're lying to yourself if you think that that guy ran away with the job this year. Yes, the team overachieved, but who did they beat? Right, that came back to bite us. They started slow again in that Buccaneer game, and they were never able to turn it around. They went up scoring 15 points. They, both in what? The fourth quarter, I think, they went, they went up scoring them touchdowns? It was too late. It's too late. You've already put yourself in a 30-point hole. You're not climbing out of it. Even if you had the ball with a minute left, they were trying to drive down. It just you, you can't do that against good football teams. You can't start slow. You can't, you can't, just, you can't have portions of your game where you're just not going to be able to do anything. That's that's where that's where I'm at right now, and I, you know as the weeks go on, we'll start to talk about you know what's the next move, and uh, you know like not even quarterback related, but like what what are we gonna do in the draft? The draft's you know not that not that far away, a couple months uh, down the road, so we will be doing the uh, the mock drafts on here and talking about you know should they get a D end, uh, this and that. I think there's so many opportunities for this team to get better overall. It doesn't even have to be quarterback related we have so much here that like so many assets and just so much here that we can grow on and build on and and I just I'm very excited for the future I just don't trust Jalen Hurts that that's that's about as far as I can I can go with that and if I can't trust my quarterback then what am I doing what am I really doing you know what, what why 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 put myself through this hoping against hope and maybe he becomes a, a player that we can build around or, you know, what is the best case scenario that he turns into that Russell Wilson that we passed on? You know, like I think that that's part of the uh, the thinking here is that he's going to, I understand he's young, but we did this with Simmons, right? Where we were like, he's young, he's young, he's got potential. And even Simmons had way more potential than Jalen Hurts ever did. And Oh, he's going to learn how to shoot. You know, he, he'll eventually develop a jumper or develop an offensive game, and he never did. And now you see where we're at. We're sitting here with a guy making thirty-five million dollars a year who's getting fined every game for not showing up because he, you know, it, that's. A, I, I'm not saying it's the same situation, but I'm saying when you're hoping for guys to develop and and turn into players that they're not, it, it's just you're, you're you're setting yourself up for for doom and failure, and it's just it's going to be a bad situation for the Eagles. Now, it's not the end of the world, say, you bring him back next year and it doesn't go well. Yeah, you can do it next year, but I don't understand why you wouldn't try to speed up that process. I think we'll talk about the that with the Sixers, you know, in, in, a, couple, in a couple minutes. But the Eagles season overall, it was a uh, pleasant surprise, I would say. I don't, know, you, I don't know if you call getting blown out in the wild card round a success, but when you have that much dead cap on your, uh, on your salary cap and you have... A roster that was rated as low as it was by you know all these different media outlets and things like PFF and stuff like that. That when you turn that around and become a nine and eighteen that makes the playoffs, it's you know it's definitely not a bad season. Um, and it was good to see Sirianni adjust throughout the year and turn this team into you know like 
I guess, build this team through its strengths and not try to do what he wants to do and throw the ball and run these, you know, it was, he had to, he had to change. He had to evolve and he did. And I will always uh, give him credit for that. And, uh, you know, now we're on the next year. Now we have to, you know, there's a lot of different things we have to do. We have to address the quarterback. Uh, in my opinion, I, I, I feel like we need it. We need to at least scour the market and figure out if there's something out there that we could maybe, you know, pay for. Like I said, Derek Carr, I'm not, I'm not going to sit here and tell you Derek Carr is going to win us a Super Bowl, but I'm telling you that he will give us a better chance to win than Jalen Hurts would. Okay, he, he he's he's just a a very competent NFL quarterback. Um, running back, we're gonna need we're gonna need a running back, right? I mean, Miles Sanders may you know I, I don't know if you want to pay him. He's going to be up for some money pretty soon, so eventually we're going if we're going to be running the rock and if Jalen Hurts is going to be the quarterback you're going to need a you're going to need a, a legitimate running back you can't count on Jordan Howard and Boston Scott and all them guys you know like that's you can't continue to do that year after year I mean obviously I'm not saying go out and trade for McCaffrey you know what I'm saying I'm not saying all this craziness we just need another guy wide receiver you need another guy okay Quez and uh Devontae Smith I'm, I'm okay with them you know well uh, I shouldn't say I love Devontae Smith and Quez has shown flashes that he can at least produce for us. You know, he, he can play on the outside. He can burn people down the sideline. He, he can play on the inside a little bit. So the only thing is, Jay, like, that the slot that Jalen Rager, or the, the place that Jalen Rager is playing, it needs to be replaced by somebody who can actually play. And now, you know, I see, like, Allen Robinson. There's going to be some guys maybe we could spend some money on, or I don't know if they want to go down the drafting uh a portal again, you know, if we want to draft another wide receiver for three straight years in the first round, but we do have three picks, so that that maybe changes the uh, mindset or the thought process there. You know, tight end uh, Dallas Goddard dropped some awful passes in that game, awful, and he continues to do that. It seemed like that was a uh, a theme throughout the season where he would just, I don't, you know, like it just the easiest ones where he takes his eye off just dumb focus catches where he has all the talent in the world, but you know, if we can't count on you to do the simple things, then it doesn't matter how much you can, you know, how, how many uh, passes or, you know, I don't know. Like, I just, I need the bare minimum. And that's all, that's all I need. And Dallas Goddard has all the talent in the world. He just need he just needs to hone it in. Uh, the offensive line, we have to see if Kelsey's going to come back. Uh, rumors are Brandon Brooks is going to retire, which will, you know, that's unfortunate. But, um, you know, we were out without him all season long and we kind of held our own. So I, I you know, we may, maybe we need a guard or, Maybe we could draft somebody like that in the in the in the draft. Uh, you know, we got D D line. I could always use another D lineman, another edge rush, uh, edge rusher. And there's it seems like this draft is littered with defensive players throughout. We definitely need a linebacker. Uh, we continued to, we've neglected that position for decades, it seems. And you know, you see teams like uh, even the Cowboys picking Micah Parsons, who was. The, we, we kind of talked about him before last year on here, and uh, all outlets talked about him. And, you know, all Eagles outlets were, you know, maybe we do that. Maybe we finally pick a defensive guy, and you know, that those guys like that are um, indisposable. You you need guys like that where you can put them all over the field. He can go, he can put his hand in the ground and play D end, or he can stand up and, and you know play a little edge rush, or maybe he can cover tight ends and guys in coverage. He can. There's so much that that guy can do. He's so talented that, you know, you just, you need guys like him. You need him. And 
We, we, we need another defensive lineman. We need somebody who can get after the quarterback, and there's a ton of guys in there. We need linebackers, and we can always use another secondary guy. So I think the Eagles are not – I wouldn't say close, but I definitely wouldn't say they're far away. And they have all of the possible, um, I guess, assets or, yeah, all the tools and the, and the coins to get things done. And, and definitely make this a uh, team that could win the NFC East next year. You see the Cowboys. They're, they're not a uh, juggernaut. They are not a team that uh, we should be fearful of or scared of or some dynasty that's brewing. We definitely, they're the same old Cowboys. They always will be. And we, we can take advantage of that. And we can build a team that can take them out and, and win, you know, almost, what do we win, nine games this year? There's no reason to think we couldn't win at 12 games next year or 11, you know. I, I, that, that's just my my personal opinion. So, uh, moving on, uh, you know, and also wouldn't be bad is Jonathan Gannon getting a head coaching job. He he's rumored to be, you know, he's getting interviews all over the place. He's going out to Houston. Uh, he has a relationship, I believe, he went to college or something along those lines with the general manager and the people, you know, a couple front office people out there. I think there's just a uh, a long standing um, ties there so maybe that's you know I, i'm i'm not i've never been in love with Jonathan Gannon as a defensive coordinator i just didn't like the soft nature of our defense for large majority and large portions of the season so i'm really just hoping that they uh you know that we can just build on this season i think we could, i think we definitely can build on this season and you know and, and in my mind Jonathan Gannon goes somewhere else. We can get one of those veteran, you know, defensive coordinator, Vic Fangio. Uh, you know, the the Ravens just let go of uh, Martindale, I think his name is. Uh, like they're, you know, and he had uh, uh, one of the top ten, top five defenses for the last, you know, four or five years, however long he was there. He just had a bad year this year. So, you know, I love the Vic Fangios of the world, uh, the guys who get fired from their, their job, and you could come, come get them in here. Maybe, you know, if you recall Wade Phillips, in uh, Los Angeles and stuff like that. I think we could really use a guy like that could come in and just basically coach the defense in a Jim Schwartz similar, you know, similar way, but just give us a little bit more of an edge. I think we need a little bit more edge. We definitely need to help the defense out in, in the off season. And I'm telling you, I, I, I feel good about the Eagles and I will feel really good if, you know, we can figure out what we're going to do at quarterback or, if there's any sort of you know development in in that area, I, I just I, that's the only thing I really sit here and I ponder and worry about is just I don't know if he's the one. You know, I I, I told you I was going into this with an open mind. I didn't want to draft him in the beginning. I just did. I didn't like it at the time because we had Carson. We had just gotten over the fact that you know Nick Foles was hanging over us like a like a fucking large large looming shadow. And then you go and do that, and obviously Carson doesn't take well to uh, competition and people breathing down his neck. So you know, and, and ultimately that showed that that was a, a flaw and that he was you know not the guy for us. I mean, but McNabb had a lot of uh, similarities to that, you know, where when he got hurt and then Cobb was there. We drafted Cobb and he had Cobb had to get out of there. Uh, you know, or, you know, like he wanted, or I'm sorry, like he had Jeff Jeff Garcia and different guys like that, where he just didn't like having a backup that was, you know talented and, and could you know push him for his job it, it just didn't some guys don't play well on under competition like that and 
I don't think Carson Wentz is one of those guys. Uh, you know, I don't know if Jalen. It doesn't really matter because Jalen Hurts doesn't have anyone really that can push him. Gardner Minshew is, you know, not that good. So we will we will see. We will see. The time will tell. And um, it was a very fun season. Let's get into some of the games that happened this past weekend. Um, Titans and Bengals was the first game of the weekend. And Tannehill, that, that, that's another reason why I want a quarterback, at least a, a legit competent quarterback, because that guy, you would think, has been the consummate professional and veteran his whole career, and he completely melts down in the biggest game of the season. You get Derrick Henry to come back, you know, he's got uh, a metal foot, you know, he's got 65 screws and 98 plates in there, and he comes out and plays when, you know, all thoughts were that he was out for the season. Um, that game was just very, uh, very slow and just defensive. Uh, you know, the Bengals made play after play. Um, Tannehill threw the first, the first play from scrimmage. He threw a pick. It's just, you know, I just think for our team, especially we, you know, I, I hate to keep going back, but we just need, I just need someone that I can trust back there. That I, I that I know when things are when the chips are down and when you you know there's 13 seconds left and, and you need to go 60 yards down the field to get yourself in field goal range that you have a chance that there there's a possibility you know so but that right now if we were in a situation where we had the ball with 50 seconds left no timeouts I'm like how the hell are we gonna do this maybe and I understand maybe. I would hear the argument that if we get weapons for him, you know, maybe a, uh, another wide receiver running, you know, get some weapons around him and, and maybe he grows into that. I don't believe, you know, I'm not buying that. I'm not saying you're wrong. I just don't think that that's, that's going to happen or that's the thing, you know. So uh, I don't want to keep uh, beating a dead horse, but let's move on. Aaron Rodgers falls short in what could be his last game as a Green Bay Packer. That This one hurt. Because I had the uh, Pat McAfee super boost on FanDuel. If anyone uh, shout out to Pat McAfee, but uh, Rodgers, or I'm sorry, it was Devontae Adams over 80 yards, and he got that. Uh, Debo Samuel over 80 receiving and rushing, he had that, and the Packers needed to win. They did not do that. Special teams plays throughout, blocked field goal, blocked punt for a touchdown. Rodgers threw no touchdowns. It just wasn't really uh, as crisp and effective. The the cold, it was a cold, cold game, and they ultimately lose 13-10. And it's just, uh, you know, being the one, it doesn't matter. You know, like it, one seed or not, you can it, you can get got any day of the week. It's not going to be an easy, you know, an easy route. And that shows you in those two games, both one seeds out, both by teams out. Sometimes it hurts them, you know, when they got to sit around all week and wait, and then they got to come, boom. You know, they're ready. they got to come out here, and the, the Niners have been playing important football for the last month. They're ready to go. This ain't no big thing for them, you know? They got Warner. They got Bosa. They got, you know, all them guys who were banged up. They're playing. It just, you know, it, it, it sometimes them teams come out, and they're not ready to go. And I, the Packers throw that ball to Aaron Jones. He gets tackled at the 15 on a, on a you know, on a possession where they didn't even think they were going to have a chance to score. And then they get down there, and they fumble. They get back on it. And then they go to kick the field goal. And it gets blocked, you know. It was just like the Niners did everything right in that game. They did everything they could, and they deserved to win that game, and they did. Uh, Sunday, we had the Rams and the Buccaneers, which was, I mean, all four games were classics, all-time classics. Rams were up 27-3 at a certain point, which kind of reminds you of the old 28-3 game for uh, Brady. Brady brought them back. Rams made mistake after mistake after mistake, kind of letting them back in. Cooper Cup with a fumble, uh, the, the snap over the head. 
Uh, I mean, you know, you you can go on and on. And, and Brady was not crisp, was not sharp at all. That you know, it goes to show you though, you, you need weapons. You need you need help out there on the perimeter. And not having Godwin, not having the Super Gremlin, not having you know his right tackle who is getting destroyed. Even the backup right tackle is banged up throughout the game. It's just not, you know, that's not a recipe for success. And no matter who you are, even Brady brought them back into the game and that bomb to Evans and the, you know, I mean, the Sue, Sue uh, gets acres to fumble and then they get the ball back and they run in for a touchdown. And then Cooper cup just takes over again with, you know, runs that little out, and he you know, makes the defender fall, and then he runs right through the middle, right through the secondary. Antoine Winfield Jr. looks like he's just standing there, you know, like like with cement shoes, turns around, and it's just too late. You know, they get down there, spike the ball, win the game. The Rams move on. NFC Championship game being hosted at SoFi Stadium next week against the 49ers in a, a matchup of Week 18. And I, I'll tell you what, I don't know. I mean, the early pick for me, of course, is the Rams. I'm just riding with the Rams. They have the more talented roster and just the guys who I trust more. I'll take I'll take Stafford over Garoppolo any day of the week. So that's who I'm going with right now. And then this, that Chiefs-Bills game is an all the absolute, and I said all-time classic for those other ones. This truly was the game of the weekend. It, it was incredible to watch those two quarterbacks play. And you can't watch those two quarterbacks play and tell me you don't want one like that. Now, I'm not saying it's easy to go out and get somebody like that. Those guys don't just fucking fall off trees, and they're they're not just laying around all over the place. Okay, you have to go and find them, and you it you know you have to get lucky. I understand that, but I'm just saying we can't sit here and act like what we have right now is is good enough, or it's going to be able to compete with any of these teams. Because if the ultimate goal is to win a Super Bowl, then what we have is not doing it, and it's not going to do it. And I don't see how it 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 develops or progresses into doing it. You know. So, I mean, absolutely crazy. 18 points scored in the final minute and uh, 13 seconds, I believe, which is un- unbelievable. You see those, like, win probability charts was uh, spiking up and down, up and down. I mean, Tyreek Hill with, uh, I mean, unbelievable speed all the, throughout the game. I, with the 13 seconds, they scored with 13 seconds of Gabriel Davis. Gabriel Davis, I believe, caught, like, four touchdowns. Um and then they come out and they run like they run this like weird like deep prevent defense and they let Tyreek Hill catch the ball and get like a free 20 yards. And then the next play it's just a Kelsey right across the middle who gets them right in field goal range. It just you you can't play that lax or that scared uh, of the team. You and they should have never kicked it deep through the end zone anyway. They should have squibbed it or at least kept it in play where they there's some time had to run off the clock because if they field the ball, you know, maybe run up a little bit nine seconds, eight seconds, however much time's left, then there's only time for one of those plays to get themselves in field goal range. And then maybe they have to run a Hail Mary or something like that. You can't, you got, you got to make it as difficult as possible for these teams. And, uh, you know, a lot of people are talking today about the overtime rule and what the, you know, what the problem is. A lot of people saying, get a stop, get a stop. But, you know, I, I do think in the playoffs, I don't think it should come down to a coin toss. And these defenses are just wiped out and tired. I just think you need to give both teams an opportunity to get the ball. There's nothing wrong with that. And then if they both score, and then after that, may the best man win. You know, you you gave both an opportunity. It is what it is. You know, that that's that to me seems more fair than just coin toss, go down, touchdown, game over. Because all of these offenses are so high powered. The game is all offense now. And I don't know. That's just my personal opinion. But that's the NFL for this weekend. We have. 
the NFC Championship game, which is, like I said, the Rams and the 49ers. And then we have the AFC Championship game, which is the Chiefs and the Bengals, which is going to be an awesome game, too, to see Joe Burrow uh, playing in this first AFC Championship game. And, and we'll see if the Chiefs can get back, see what the, you know, I, I my prediction is Rams and Chiefs uh, in the Super Bowl, playing at SoFi, playing in front of another another home Super Bowl for another team. And uh, we'll be looking forward to it. And we'll get to see, you know, Dr. Dre and, and Eminem and Mary J. Blige and all them, Snoop Dogg, Kendrick Lamar. I mean, they have like 65 people performing the halftime show. So that'll all be a spectacle in itself. And I think the Super Bowl is a week back this year, which is pretty crazy. Uh, you know, it's a, it, the 13th, which, it, you know, in my, my mind, never been that late. You know, like it's I, I never around Valentine's Day where you're playing the Super By that time, the season's over and we're, we're talking about the draft or we're, we're focused on basketball. But here in Philadelphia... That's what we're focused on. We moved on to basketball, and uh, it, it has been an incredible run for Joel Embiid. In the last three games for Joel Embiid, and I'm sure you know you could go throughout and find, you know, this is even four games. The last four games, he's had more points than minutes. Okay, so he had thir- you know, 38 and 31, 40 and 37, 50 and 27, which was insane, and 32 and 29. You know that 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 is just unbelievable in itself man you know and they have been on a absolute heater right now and I see the the Sixers fans right now are kind of uh, arguing going back and forth I, I have been discussing it with random people on Twitter and and friends of mine you know shout out to the Deem who's been on the podcast before me and him disagree vehemently on this where there's a thought process that we should just wait till the offseason to trade Ben Simmons because nothing that we get now is going to help us win a championship and the, I, I'm I'm willing to admit you're probably right. You know you, you're probably right. This team right now is not. You know, I, I see. I I even have trouble saying that because who knows who's built to win a championship and who's not. You know, I'm sure then people didn't think the Bucks were built to win a championship last year. Uh, you know, I feel like the NBA now that the LeBrons of the world and all that. You know, the LeBrons not in the finals every year and running through the East and. I just think the league is much more open now than it's ever been. And we have one of the best players in the world. I don't see why we couldn't make a run at it. Like, who knows? Maybe we could win a championship. Like, that's my that's my thought process and my mindset. I don't see why we couldn't. You know, we, we if we were to add, uh, you know, Halliburton and, uh, and a Barnes or, you know, something like that. You know what I mean? Like, I'm not saying it's going to, it's automatically going to put us in there. But I'm just saying, like, and I understand the thought process of, like, Let's wait because once you trade that chip, it's gone. That I do understand and that I'm okay with. But I, the thing I struggle with is how do we know that, you know, I guess you, in the argument that Deem has given me is, well, how do you know what's available now? But how do you know if you're holding on for a select of 20 players in the NBA to become available, how do you know they're going to be available? You know, how, how do you know we're going to get James Harden? You know, like why? Why would we? Well, what's? Why would teams want Ben Simmons? Why? Why? You know, like I feel like, I feel like at a certain point we're gonna need to cash this in. We can't continue to hold on to these chips, you know, year after year after year. Uh, and maybe we do just wait to the off season, and then if we can't get the Hardens, we can't get the Beals, the Lillards, you know, guys like that, then we make the move. But I just don't, you know. But then like. I, it also, some of the players we could be trading for, like the Halliburtons, or maybe the Kings don't want to do that then. 
You know, maybe the, some of the deals that are very nice right now that we don't know about aren't available in the offseason, you know, like that. And I just want to help Joel Embiid right, you know, right immediately now. And maybe that's such a short-minded, uh, you know, uh, like a short-sighted view, viewpoint or pro- like th- thought process, but I just don't know. I don't, I don't see us getting James Harden. I don't. I don't see why the the Nets would want to do that, or why you know. Like I just, I, I maybe Bradley Beal's more uh, likely to be moved, you know. But what, maybe they can, you know. Wouldn't somebody else come out of the woodwork and give us a better deal? Like we're going to be competing with other teams. It's not just going to be oh, like you know Ben Simmons. Oh, here's Ben Simmons. We want Ben Simmons. Like I don't. It's still a, a fact that the last time these people saw Ben Simmons play, he was melting down in the conference uh, semifinals. Scared to shoot the ball in the fourth quarter, you know, like that's still Ben Simmons. Now maybe time has gone by and they're starting to think about the, you know, the good shit and all the, you know, all the things he can do, the dirty work, and not not really wanting to be a part of the offense. And maybe they want defense and passing and just all that other stuff because he does do all that. Maybe, maybe, maybe that's maybe that's the move. Maybe maybe that's the better move for the for the Sixers or for you know the Wizards or the or the Nets or the you know the the Blazers. I just, you know, I think, I do think Lillard, it's a possibility that Lillard could be moved in the offseason. You know, he's going to be, I think he's going through an abdomen uh, recovery right now. He just got a surgery. Yeah, I don't know if he'll be back this year. Uh, there's still some time left. So I, I mean, I imagine he'll try to make it back. And I don't know, I don't know where they stand uh, playoff wise. I did want to check that. But I just don't like hoping on, you know, hoping against hope and holding on to a prayer that maybe. You know, this guy becomes available or that guy becomes available. But I do understand. Like, it's it's not an easy decision. Truly. It's not like a cut and dry. You know, for some people it is. They just want to wait. They're throwing the season away. They don't think that we can win a championship. I personally think we could. I don't see a reason why we couldn't. Because I don't think any of these teams are that good. Like, are we that scared of the Brooklyn Nets? And and against you know like Katie's Katie's hurt right now. We don't know what he when he's going to come back or what he's going to look like when he comes back. You know James Harden who is a guy who tends to have uh, you know like last year in the playoffs he had the lingering hamstring injury that really hurt him and hurt hurt the team last year. And you get Kyrie Irving who can't play at home. He only can only play on the road. You got the Miami Heat who we just beat. You know we just, we just beat their uh, you know. Not, not their. I guess that that is their A squad. That's the you know we went down there on a bat on the second night of a back to back and we beat them. Right now, as it stands, we sit two and a half games out of first place. You're telling me right now at the at the playoffs ended today or if, or if the season ended today, we would play the Bulls, the Bulls, the Bulls in the first round. We can't beat the Bulls. Come on, and then we win that and we would play, what the winner of yeah Hornets, Hornets and Nets. Now the Nets is going to be a tough series no matter what, but I'm just saying I I you know I don't like I don't like the defeatist mentality the, like it's sort of just like now nah, we have no chance anyway we can't beat these teams now the Bucks who sit at the four seed that they'll be a problem we can beat the Cavs the Hornets the Celtics none of those other teams scare me and out west you know you still have the Sun like the Suns are probably one of the best they are the they have the record wise they're the best team in, in the league and then the Warriors who you know. Are trying to get Clay Thompson back healthy. He's been resting recently. Grizzlies have shown that they are an up, young and up and coming team. I'm sure before the season, no one thought they could win the championship, too, right? Exactly. You know, like so that's all. That's my whole point. Is just why throw this season away when maybe you could get 
a, a a group of players that you so I saw this on ESPN. Just I'll throw this out there for in theory. Demontis Sabonis, Karis Levert, two first round picks for Ben Simmons. You're te- uh, you're there's no way you can tell me you wouldn't do that because if it doesn't work, you can't tell me that Sabonis isn't as much of a tradable asset as Ben Simmons, right? I mean that that's that's what I think. I mean maybe Ben Simmons is a little bit more valuable, maybe in some people's minds, but Demontis Sabonis is a, is a walking triple double. He does all the dirty work for teams, and if you were in in need of a center or someone like that, then you know. And, and the Pacers, their first round pick, it was twenty two and twenty four. This was a Bobby Mark, so I'm not taking this as like this is a, this is a thing or this is like actually being discussed or anything like that. These are hypotheticals. That's all we can do. All right, I might as well be ball sack sports. You, you, this is all. This is only thing we can do. Pacers right now are thirteenth in the Eastern Conference. At, at 17 and 30. That would be like the fifth or sixth best record, you know, f- worst record in the league. So, that's all I'm saying. Is that we, I, I don't think that this is as cut and dry on either side as many of us would like to believe. This is an extremely tough decision. And in my mind and in my hopes, I hope that they can get it done before the February 11th deadline. And we can get somebody in here to help Joel Embiid and the and the Sixers team for the for the stretch run, you know, because anything we get for Simmons for this season is a net positive, and you know, that's just that that's that's where I'm at right now. Maybe I'll change next week. Maybe I'll change the week after, but you know, and I'm not. I not. I'll tell you what. The more that time that goes on, I I was really like towards like I'm gonna have a mental breakdown if we don't trade him by the deadline. I am moving more into the party of, you know, it's not the end of the world. Like, it, it, I, but I'm going to be upset. Uh, I was just saying about this on Twitter. Follow me on Twitter if you want to see some ramblings throughout the week. But we, you know, you know I, I, I would be upset if we, if we sit here for months on end and then we trade for Halliburton and two first round, you know, three, whatever it is in the off season, because then we just wasted this season away and we could have had somebody to help him. Now, May, that's not going to win us a championship, but I want to get this, get get the growing and get the chemistry. Like we want this to start as quickly as possible because once whoever we trade for this season, it's going to be oh well, this wasn't now they get a full season together, training camp, chemistry build, all that stuff. Let's get why don't we uh, jumpstart that and get that started as quickly as possible, right? That's what I think. You know that that's where I'm at. And the Sixers, uh, if we're looking at you know we're looking ahead and we're looking at uh, what what they're what they're, you know, they're seven and three in their last ten. You know, they they, they lost a bad game against the uh, I can't remember. They just beat the Spurs last night. It didn't really, I'll be honest, didn't get really get to watch that game. I flipped it on in the beginning, and then I got lost in that Bills Chiefs game, and and I didn't have the double monitor. So I'm so, I'm sorry to all my uh, huge loyal double monitor people out there who the Clippers. That game was awful. That was a a. a bad meltdown where they had a big 20 point lead 20 plus point lead and they just they let it they let it slip through the fingers and then doc saying you wouldn't ask pop that question or you know but but well because uh, pop isn't known for blowing 20 point leads at home they didn't just do it in the playoffs last year and cost them their their a birth into the conference finals you know so you're no pop buddy you're not you're just doc rivers you're just a guy 
Okay, you're a guy who was lucky enough to win a championship over a decade ago, and now you're sitting in our city ask, uh, acting like basketball royalty when you have made no difference from what Brett Brown did. None. Maybe just giving us a little bit more uh, respect and, and um, I don't know what the word I'm looking for is, but just uh, you know respect throughout the league. The people respect him more than they did Brett Brown, but... He's, he hasn't made any any sort of difference. Brett Brown could have blown that lead. Brett Brown could have uh, folded in the in the conference semifinals. I wouldn't. Uh, it ain't something he couldn't have done. I'm looking for the difference. You know, I'm looking for what 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 are you doing, Doc? What 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 have you changed? You know, how have you made any of these guys better? And I don't think he's responsible for growing Joel Embiid's game. And he was the one that was going to take Simmons under his wing and you know re, you know cherish him, cherish him for what he does and what he, what you know all that shit. He hasn't done any of it. He has not done any of it, and it just continues to be a problem. Uh, you know, not 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 him. He continues to be a noticeable problem that he's not making any of these guys better, and he's not making this team better than than Brett Brown is. Now, I'm not saying fire him because we said the same thing about Brett Brown. Fire him. Fire. I did. I did all in here because I didn't. I I thought that you know we could get a coach in here that could actually make a difference. Who I was tired of playing the Celtics and getting cooked on out of bounds plays by Brad, Brad Stevens and. You know that them just out scheming us and being able to game plan better than us. I, I, you know, I haven't seen much difference here with Doc. So now, you know, I don't want to. I don't want to go down there and start talking about firing the coach and everything. But just Doc, chill out, dude. Chill the fuck out with the whole. You know, don't talk to me like. You know, don't talk to me like that. You wouldn't ask me that. Let's not. You know, let's not pull our nuts on the table all the time. But uh, that's about it for the Sixers. We did the Eagles. We did the NFL. Um. The Flyers are in an 11-game losing streak. The two 10-game losing streaks uh, throughout this season, they are, uh, you know, they're trending in the uh, direction of being uh, getting a high lottery odds. And I'm told that there is some uh, Shane Wright, a Canadian gentleman, who's going to be available in the draft, who maybe could turn, you know, help us turn things around and be our next, uh, you know, hope for the Flyers to maybe maybe swing this thing in the right direction. We are we have the last. We are the worst team in the uh, in the Eastern Conference. We are tied for the, the worst team in the Eastern Conference, and we have seven games on the Islanders. So, there's that. The only team worse than us is the Seattle Kraken. Kraken! My voice keeps cracking today. I don't think it's, uh, <clears throat> it's out, out of practice from sitting out last week. But, uh, yeah, the Kraken are the only team that are worse than us, and, and it's a lottery and everything, so we'll, we'll see how that goes. But... That's about the only thing you can talk about with the Flyers and hope for the Flyers is the draft now. And get, let's get the season over with because this, this shit has been awful. Awful. And I, I can't believe I got excited about these guys because they are absolute bums. And that wraps it up, guys, for the Hot Take Hot Box. My name is Matt McSweeney. As always, thank you for joining me. And like I said, I appreciate the love and support of all you people out there listening to this podcast. I truly do love you. And... um and I'm glad that you know you enjoy this and you love listening to it. And I I do love doing it. It makes me feel good doing it. it. Makes me forget all the shit that you know, not really horrible problems in my life, but just the you know things that I can't get out of my head. And you know, it, it just it's a good escape. And I hope I can provide you with a little bit of an escape from whatever's going on in your life. And as always, you can hit me up. Give me your questions. I'll read anything. I'll any of your responses or talk about it on the podcast. As always, my name is Matt McSweeney. Thank you for joining me.